Welcome, those of you that like sports. This is What's Up, Doc, Season 2, Episode 6. I'm here with Robbie and Picho. Robbie has an actual name, as it being his name. So yep. if that's any indication on how he's feeling, I need to start with him. Robbie, how are you How are you feeling after the NFL season is now over? Bland, empty, <laughs> just desert, wilderness-type feeling. Uh, this was not even the outcome of the Super Bowl that I wanted either. And it's like, I guess in a sense, it's ironic because it's none, it's nothing of what any of us wanted, but it's exactly what we expected. It's fair. It's fair. Yeah, that's, that's true. <laughs> uh, Picho favorite, or, uh, sorry, what, what was, how are you feeling? Uh, well, no, I thought you were going to ask me what was my favorite commercial. and that I, was Well, I was. I was. <laughs> and then I was like, I didn't ask how he's feeling. So let me see how he's feeling first. And then I'll. No, hey, I'm feeling great because that's the least I cared about the outcome of a football game of all time. Uh, but my favorite commercial was definitely the Dunkin' Donuts commercial with Ben Affleck, Matt Damon, <laughs> and Tom Brady rocking the good. Dunkin' Donuts jumpsuits. That's that's the best. Yep. So you can go buy that now if you go to the Dunkin' shop. Oh, my gosh. The jumpsuit? I, my, yeah, it's a jumpsuit. They had a Red Sox patch on the side. Like, that's the first time I felt <laughs> oh, something boy. when it came to the Red Sox this whole winter. Oh, man. I'm going to look uh, at that jumpsuit. That's pretty funny. Yeah, I, I'm feeling good. My favorite commercial was that one uh, for NFL ticket that YouTube did with the players. It's like... Uh, I don't know who was narrating, but it's like the Ravens, and it's just players flying in the air. <laughs> the yeah, Seahawks, yeah. the Eagles. Molly I mean, was like overall year. I like uh, it's kind of entertaining. Like a couple of them were pretty entertaining, like that one, like the Dunkin' Donuts one. But like we didn't get Mr. Peanut dying like we yeah, did. And we didn't what get anything was it, like 2019 yeah. or something <laughs> like that. But like nothing reached that. But some of them were entertaining. Yeah, we didn't get anything wild. Uh, I think the game was better. I texted you guys this. Like, for a game that I didn't care about, I thought it was better than I was expecting. I, I agree I didn't really care about the outcome, but I don't those, know. Those jumpsuits went up for sale for 60 bucks each on Monday at around They're noon and were sold out within minutes. That's not shocking. That's fair. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, yeah, one. but Go I on. guess if we're going to talk about, oh, wait, we're still in the intro. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to showbiz, Robbie. But we are, we are going to talk, we're going to talk NFL championship, Kansas City, uh, uh maybe make a prediction of who we think is going to win next year. We're going to talk NBA trade deadline because it was a week ago today that this episode comes out. Uh, I knew that I just was playing all you guys. Uh, so we'll go out, run through all those trades. We'll talk about a little bit of the stands in the NBA, and then we'll finish with some college basketball. So uh, let's get into it. All right, we're here. We're talking NFL first for the last time until August. So uh, those of you that have listened through our NFL talks, it will stop. We will find other things to talk about. But we have to talk about the game. Uh, so Kansas City wins in overtime, uh, 25-22. Right, that was the score. Back to back champs. Uh, let's just start with this. What do you guys think of the game? What was shocking? Was there anything that surprised you? Man, I think Robbie already hit it. Like it's the outcome none of us wanted, but the one we all expected. We were either going to sit there and watch Mahomes and the Chiefs win their third, establish themselves as a dynasty and start the endless debate about who's the goat, which I think we're getting into here in a little bit. <laughs> yes. Where we were going to have to watch Bruce Banner and the Avengers, uh, <laughs> or really just Bruce Banner. Uh, again, watching that game, I do think if I could have played in place of him, I would have a Super Bowl ring. Because <laughs> I don't think the ball was distributed as well as it could have been. But like that, that was just one way or the other. We were going to have to listen to incessant fans talking about how their quarterback was the greatest of all time, completely disregarding the rest of the team. Great defenses on both sides of the ball. I, it's the least that I've cared about the outcome of an NFL game because, uh, you know, we all knew that the Chiefs were going to win. That's it, it's just, it, yeah, I'm meh about the whole thing. Robbie, how are you, how are you feeling? thought the halftime show was all right. Okay. I uh, did 
I felt as uncomfortable as possible when Usher took off his shirt. <laughs> I missed it. So, uh, no, yeah. that's okay. You you didn't miss much. <laughs> Makes me happy. Yeah, but he started um, with clothes on, which was a good thing. That's did. good. Yeah, but uh, okay. So on that note, sticking with the halftime for just a second, I for some reason I really felt like they were going to work Taylor Swift in somehow. That didn't she just happen. performed. I know, before, but I just so. felt like it was like, are they going to pass up on this opportunity? They did. And they did. And yet this was still somehow the most watched television program of all time, like of anything. Well, I truly no. think if you take this of all time, of it, are you of wild? all time it, it, no. in the NFL? Yeah, like, sure. I dude, I the World Cup gets so way more right views, now. way more views. Well, then I misread something, but <laughs> I swear that is what I read. I think like a billion people watched the World Cup finale with Messi like last year so, or two years ago, whenever it was. I, all right. At most some point, broadcast of all time, according to Wikipedia, the number one rank broadcast of all time. Is this most recent Super Bowl, February eleventh, twenty twenty four? But in that's like American, the, like of Americans watching, that can't possibly be true. If it's like most watched broadcasts in the United States, okay, yeah, that's what I was. About, okay, so yeah, that, there's sorry, your qualifier inside that, the United yeah. States most watched. Outside <laughs> the United States, it's debatable. Yeah, I mean, again, I think clearly the the World Cup would be number one. I would be shocked if it's not. But okay, that makes more sense. Well, sorry to. I just needed to, yeah, go on. Sorry, Robbie. Uh, but in terms of the game, um, yeah, I don't think I saw. Is it Juwan Jennings? Is that who it is on the Forty yeah. ers Yeah, I don't think I. I don't know if anybody really saw him, uh, being held or giving credit for two touchdowns, one passing, one throwing. I think he's the only other him and uh, Nick Foles are the only other players in NFL history to have a receiving and passing touchdown in the Super Bowl. It's kind of wild. It's kind of wild, but it's almost like they, they have a better quarterback at receiver than they do at quarterback. <laughs> you are probably not too far off. <laughs> on that one. Um, I, I thought Purdy had a decent effort, but again, it's like, I don't know what to make of it with him and this team together. You know, there were a few throws that he had Brandon Ayuk, maybe not necessarily wide open, but certainly touchdown worthy plays. And he just, he overthrew them, didn't hit his targets. Uh, it was unfortunate that Christian McCaffrey lost the ball on the first drive. Um, that was looking like it was going to be a touchdown at the end of that possession. And I thought what was really unfortunate was Jake Moody. You know, I don't know if you can really redirect that kick at all. I think I, I remember hearing that. I think he kicked it off the wrong part of his foot and it was a lower trajectory kick. The extra but, point that got blocked. Yeah, that I mean, that one point. But then I mean, again, like, I, I still think that Patrick Mahomes would have ran down the field and scored. Yeah, I'm not saying I mean, that that game would have been over because of that one point. Yeah. I mean, the, the chiefs had the ball at the like seven. Yeah. And they ran a play. I, and they would have had more time. Like they were letting the clock run because they knew they just needed a field goal to tie and they didn't want to have any time left for the, for the 49ers. Uh, so yeah, I think that's interesting. The game like overall, I thought was really good. Again, it, it was defensive for a part of it. The offenses came alive in the second half a little. It was a game that was closer then people thought, I think everyone, no one wanted to see either team win, but everybody was pretty interested in the fact that one of the teams was going to win. Uh, you know, Kansas City wins the first back-to-back title in two, in, I think that the 19, yeah, in 20 years, they're the ninth team to ever do it. Um, no team's ever won three straight. So now there's that storyline going into next year is can they, can they go back-to-back-to-back, which has never happened in NFL history. Um, Can't wait. I think I think overall the game though was really good. The game kind of flipped for me when I was watching it as soon as that punt went off that that guy's leg mm-hmm. and they, you know, Kansas City recovered it and immediately scored a touchdown. Um and I felt like from that point it was like Kansas City had played 
or not Kansas City, the 49ers have played almost a perfect game and now you're losing. And it's just like, it's just, it's got to be so demoralizing. Uh, to your guys' point about Purdy, like, I think he played all right. He made a couple throws that I, I agree, like, I probably couldn't make, but most of the throws he made, I think we could make. Like, if we're being 100% honest with each other. Yeah. Um, no, there hey, a lot look, of, I'm stupid you know, confident about my arm talent. I, again, I could absolutely <laughs> do it as well. There as were a did. couple, no, there were a couple down the field that looked nice, but like, Legereus Need, the, the, uh, I think he's a corner or he's a linebacker, one of the two for Kansas City, said their game plan was to have Brock Purdy throw the ball. Like, they were more terrified yeah. of Christian McCaffrey getting his touches and going bananas on him than they were of Brock Purdy throwing the ball. And so I Which think is fair. that, yeah, it is fair. And, but I think that opened up some lanes for Purdy. Again, I don't think Purdy's that great. I think, you know, a lot of us don't feel that way. Some people think he's better, you know, in, in sports media, which, you know, good for them. They probably, they get paid more to do it. So maybe they know more, but just from what I've seen from Purdy, like, I just don't know how you can feel very confident with him next year will be a big year because then uh, the 49ers need to determine, you know, are they going to keep him? Are they not? But this is about Kansas City. They won. They're the champs back to back. Um, everyone's returning, which was kind of what we thought would happen if they won. You know, Travis Kelsey said he's coming back. Andy Reid said he's coming back. You know, the 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 possibility of of uh, winning a three peat is is there. So you don't want to miss out on that. But before we get to like making a prediction for next year, uh, my question is where? So where's Mahomes on our like all time quarterback? rankings is he like obviously i don't think he could be number one i think one is still brady but is he like is he approaching yeah he's top two not one for me yeah he's he's not brady but i i think this super bowl win and it's not just a conversation about who has more rings at the end of the day uh but i think the super bowl win pushes him past like peyton manning yeah um just other greats to play the position and and not to say that he won't ever get past Brady, but he's certainly trending that direction. I'm not ready to write Brady off just yet because that, that man's career spanned the better part of two decades and he got it done in multiple versions of NFL style play. I'm curious to see whether or not Patrick Mahomes, whatever style of play comes next in the NFL, if Patrick Mahomes can adapt to it as well. Yeah. yeah, I think I was telling you guys last week that I probably put Pat Mahomes ahead of Brady. And I, I think, you know, I don't think that's entirely all that crazy, but I guess I will just come back off of it a little bit because I'm understanding more of what it's like to be in the league for 20 years and to have such a dominance over a long standing time like that which Brady had, I think Pat Mahomes, I didn't realize how young he is. I thought he was early thirties, 28. (laughs) So he's still so young. I think he still has a lot to learn, but like I would probably, I mean, I don't know who else I'd put ahead of him except for Brady. That's why I put him at number two, even um, without being able to do the three P, but man, there's, there's so many things to be just, I find myself dumbfounded about how the guy continues to make things happen. He has to be one of the biggest bodies on the field. And yet time and time again, he finds himself getting 15, 20, 25 yard scrambles. And it's like, I don't know how you make it happen, but it's just, it's his awareness of the field and his, his wherewithal to know where his guys are at, where the offensive, where the, the defensive line is, who's blitzing him from where. Yeah. Um, and we've talked about this too, Nick, before, you know, Picho got on the show just about how a good quarterback can elevate anybody around him. I don't think any of us saw Michael Hardman getting that game winning catch. Um, now granted it was a 15 yard, like just put it in his hands, but still it's, you know, like Pat Mahomes has such a, uh, quality leadership of his team where as much as I think he's still, I would like to see him without Travis Kelsey. He can still get guys like Marquez Valdez scanning involved. Uh, Justin Watson, I think is his name. 
So, yeah, I I can't see anybody else besides Brady going in front of him at this point. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you guys. I mean, I think it's one and two. Mahomes is probably two, but very close to being one. I almost think if he wins a three-peat, like, it's never happened in history. He'd have four titles to Brady's seven. Like... I, and he has so much time left and I don't see Brady went, which people don't really remember. Brady went 10 years without a title uh, between like he won three and then he didn't win any for 10 years. And then he won four out of five, like towards the back end of his career, which is very impressive. But, you know, I just However, don't know if what and Mahomes hasn't done it yet. But yeah, a 10 year gap. But Brady never once took a snap on a football field where his team was mathematically eliminated from the playoffs. Didn't win a title for 10 years, but also. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, there were two again. years where he was hurt. Right. So the one year they didn't. I don't think they made the playoffs when he got hurt. But like which was crazy because I think that team was 10 and six or 11 and five. Yeah. But the Dolphins and Jets both had good years that year and the Dolphins yeah. won the division. But yeah. So again, I just think like, I don't know if Mahomes, I, I would be shocked if Mahomes goes 10 years without a title. Like, and people, I just think individually Mahomes at this point to where Brady was, is a better quarterback. So I just would be shocked for that to happen. Um, I think people didn't really know how good Brady was until he got Randy Moss in like 07 or 08. And they were like, oh, this guy's really good, actually, when he has a good receiver, um, which was far and few between. But, you know, I just think it's an interesting debate. I heard a lot about it. And, you know, it's just the fact that Brady just retired and we're already having the conversation is wild to me. Like, I kind of thought maybe he would hold it like MJ did, you know, for a decent, you know, 15, 20 years. But mm, yeah. uh it's, it almost seems like he retired and he's just going to pass the baton right along. Um, yeah, I'm not ready to do it. Brady's so I know you're not, but <laughs> I think, I, I think if he gets four, you know, if he gets, ne- if he wins the one next year, it's going to be, it, oh, yeah. it's just no, an open debate at that point. Like, yeah, it gets more interesting. I yeah. still don't think I'll be ready to do it. Yeah. Yeah. That's it definitely gets more interesting. I'm That's the fair. old man that yells at a cloud for no reason. Like I'm sticking <laughs> with the old guy Brady for as long as I can. I know, and and I once know. people are like, "Hey, you're a little delusional for yelling about a cloud for no reason." That's when I'm like, "Okay, hold on. Yeah. What am I actually doing here?" <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> um, all right. Well, here's last thing on the NFL, and then we won't talk about it until August next year because it's never too early to talk about next year in the NFL. Who do you think is going to win it all? Man, who wins it all? I have no clue. But I'll give you a Super Bowl pick. I think next year we're watching the Lions and the Dolphins. Yes. Those are two teams that I think are right on the cusp. And Nick, I don't know what you guys are going to do about Tua, keep him or lose him. We're going to sign. I think we already Um, signed. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Well, he hasn't signed anything officially, but he said that an extent at the Pro Bowl, he said an extension is uh, is pretty much a lot is in the so, works I, yeah. but uh, nick i've said this to you before you guys are going to go as far as who is able to throw the football turns out in negative 20 degree c- conditions you can't really throw a football i think that team if they were playing in a dome would be a legitimate threat um or at least more of a threat than they were to the chiefs this year but i'm, I'm going with the lions that's a kneecap team that's right there on on the edge ready to take the next step i don't see them taking a step back Okay, Robbie. So I want to just quickly read off He's gonna send the top 10. I have never read <laughs> <ready to> <laughs> I, I, I have learned my this. lesson. Say it. <laughs> so top 10 power rankings, early power rankings for 2024. Okay. On NFL Nation. So <laughs> at number one is the Ravens. Okay. The Chiefs. Okay. 49ers. Lions. Five are the Bills. Six is Miami. Yeah. Seven is Dallas. Eight are the Eagles. Nine is Houston, which I love. And ten is Green Bay Packers. I know. I I feel like it should be higher. I could see them. Yeah, Green Bay ahead of the Eagles. Yeah, Houston. I mean, I might even. I put them ahead of the Cowboys. Maybe it's just my. Oh, I absolutely. So who are you picking? Who who do you think is going to win it all? (laughs) Yeah. So. If if I'm gonna do the same thing that Peter did to Super Bowl, um, I 
find it really hard to believe that somehow the Chiefs won't make it back, whether that's the mysterious scriptwriters of the NFL. It just seems <laughs> inevitable at this time to for them to get a three P, you know. Uh, heck, why not have Taylor Swift throw the game winning pass? I don't know. Um, so I would love to see Chiefs Detroit. I think they're taking... going. Uh, yeah, I'm going to take Detroit because they're going into this offseason with a a great team. I almost called them star studded. I think they've got a lot of work to do on their defense, but uh, their momentum going to the offseason is feels really good. I think the Ravens will choke at some point like they always do. You know, I could see Miami getting in there somehow. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, look, I'm a Dolphins fan, true and true. I think the Dolphins are going to end up there, win it all. Uh, I think this year was the, the the question marks going into this year for Miami was, can Tua stay healthy for 18 games? Check. He can do it. Sign him to an extension. Uh, now the question is, all right, now that he can play a whole season and stay healthy, why don't we get him an O-line that can stay healthy? I think we need to hire a new strength and conditioning coach and we need to figure out the whole injury issue with the Dolphins because that's really what happened, right? Our defense fell apart. The offensive line fell apart. If you look at the Dolphins last year had, I think it was the second or the most amount of different starting offensive lines, like combinations. And if you look at all the teams that are high on that list, none of them made the playoffs besides Miami. So, you know, for a team that was rotating its offensive line all the time, found a way to win 11 out of, you know, 17 games. Now, unfortunately, blew the division because they lost that stupid game against Tennessee, which is still wild to me. But overall, like, I think this team is, like you said, Picho, I think they're prime. I would love nothing more, shout out Jordan Melliker if he's listening, to have a Dolphins-Lions uh, Super Bowl. Uh, we talked about it throughout this year, and we were like, see you in the Super Bowl, and then we both failed to get there. He got closer, much closer than the Dolphins did. But – uh, I think next year that would be a great Super Bowl. I think there'd be a lot of people interested in that. Uh, and I really would hope Miami wins because if they get to a Super Bowl lose, I might cry after all the times the Heat have gotten to the finals and lost. So, who did you say Miami who in the Super Bowl? I said Detroit. I would love to see Miami Detroit, just like Picho said. Uh, and I think there will be like a shock of the, you know, a shocking team. It's interesting to see where Caleb Williams goes and all that. But, you know, just some interesting next year too early predictions i like it i'm excited robbie the only plain jane one i know well i'm sad because i don't get we all have the lions though and that will probably change at some point but yeah yeah all right well let's switch over go on sorry no i was just gonna say pitchers and catchers report february 24th (laughs) oh You know, that's still a long ways away. Uh, switch I feel over. like I've never heard that. Ten sentence. days. That's ten days. So ten many days. times. Uh, Pitchers and catchers reporting. We, <laughs> yeah. To the NBA. The trade deadline was last week. Um, I said I didn't know when it was. I played y'all. I knew. Um, I was just keeping the secret from you. Uh, he, but, in fact, did not know. So, I did not, but it's okay. So there were some, some – there wasn't like a – uh, big splash trade. There were some uh, like role player moves, which normally kind of sad because the last couple of years we've had some big names traded at the trade deadline. It's been uh, a fun time. You just refresh your social media that you follow Woj on and you get to see the next, you know, Woj bomb of who got traded. But to run through here, are some teams and who they got. So the Sixers got Buddy Heald in campaign. Uh, some good pieces there. The Thunder got Gordon Hayward, who... Good rotational piece, also a good uh, like vet to put pair with a younger team. The Knicks had the biggest trade where they got Alex Burks and Bojan Bogdanovic, which uh, could be really good for them. They also traded a lot of pieces away, so it their rotation probably dies like not die, doesn't die, but like uh, swindles, windles, windles down. That's the word. Dwindles. 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 I was like, what is the word? I couldn't figure it out. Dwindles down. Um, so. But in the playoffs, you really run like a seven to eight man rotation. You're not playing like 10, 11, number 10, number 11 on your roster. Uh, the Nets got Dennis Schroeder. The Raptors got uh, Spencer Dinwiddie. The Bucks got Pat Bev, which is interesting uh, to say the least, because that team, who really knows what's going on in the Bucks? 
Uh, yeah, Doc quite Rivers. honestly, though, like <laughs> I think as far as the locker room is concerned, they needed a Pat Bev to step in there. Yeah, probably. They needed someone that's going to like kind of be more of a vocal person. They have, I think, a lot of quiet voices uh, with like Giannis and, and Dame. Uh, Pat Bev knows he's not the best guy on the court, but he's really going to bust your butt if you're not giving it your all. So yeah. um, I think he's a he's a good rotational piece for them, too. So, again, not a lot of not a lot of trades. Uh, the biggest ones, I think, were the Knicks and the Thunder getting Gordon Hayward. Uh, but any any takes on the trade deadline or did you follow it at all? Anybody? I followed it a little bit. I didn't know that Steven Adams was still worth that much. Because yeah, I know he, that the Grizzlies picked up Oladipo and what three second round picks? Yeah, something like that. But Oladipo himself isn't really like you know he was a rotational piece in Miami and then he tore his ACL I think again. Uh, right. So yeah, I, I know he's yeah. not formidable, but I, the picks thing is what threw me. But I guess I'm I'm not valuing NBA picks correctly because I I guess what there are only two S- rounds. Well, there's only two rounds and second round picks are basically like worth nothing first round picks even them like you know this is the problem i think with the nba which we could go more into another time the whole one and done thing in in college basketball has like ruined the nba product i think because these guys are 18 like i want you to think about this you're 17 you turn 18 you graduate high school you go to one year of college and then at the end of that year of college you get drafted and now you're supposed to be the star of an nba team like in less than a year, you've gone from being in high school to being a professional basketball player. And I think that's a little wild. So like, I think that really is why the trades and really like the only thing that people care about is if you're a lottery pick. So that's numbers one through 14. It's not even the top half of the draft. It's just, or just below the top half of the draft because more than half the teams make the playoffs. So like, you know, overall it, it drafting in the NBA is really a, not the biggest thing if you're outside of like number six and even then you have a lot of a lot of busts um but yeah second round picks really not worth even first round picks really aren't worth much because you normally put protections on them so yeah yeah i saw that well i remember sorry go ahead no you're good all right i'll go i'll go (laughs) clear it out for us all uh, Nick, I, I do want your take on this, though, because yes. it's the Miami Heat, and I saw that you guys moved off of Kyle Lowry and picked up Terry Rozier. Yeah. Is that an upgrade? Yeah, well, it's an upgrade. Kyle Lowry's on the last year of an expiring contract. Uh, he had a lot of uh, salary cap space. We did give up like a lottery-protected first-round pick that's a couple years from now that I hope ends up in the Hornets. You know, They can have it because we won't be in the lottery, hopefully. Terry Rozier's a good piece. Uh, we really have been lacking in the point guard department. Kyle Lowry was like serviceable a couple years ago when we made the, the finals, but you know, he's kind of died off. He didn't even play last year when we made the finals, he was on the bench for that. Um, so I think a Terry Rozier is good, uh, kind of a piece that we were missing. And, and to touch on this, like the heat currently are eighth in the NBA, like in the Eastern standings. Um, but I think at the same time, like they're a team, I don't think anybody wants to see their team where, you know, in three of the last five years, they've made the, the finals or two of the last five years, they made the finals. They made three Eastern conference finals. Like it doesn't matter what their seat is. They'll upset you because they have a, I, I think they, par- I, they probably have the best coach in the NBA. Like Eric Spolstra is young uh, and knows what he's doing in playoffs. He really schemes well. Everyone's bought into the heat culture aspect of it. And if you're not, then you're not even really a part of the team. So I, you know, I think it was a good move. We'll see how it works. They, they kind of had like this little skid. They're currently beating the bucks by 17 though. Um, So that's good. And we'll see. They're going to, they're going to hit the all-star break. uh, I think after, I think it's next week or this coming week. Uh, is the all-star break. And so we'll have, you know, all the all-star competitions. And then we kind of get into the home stretch of what's your seating going to be, who are you going to get matched up with? Are you going to have to play in the play in tournament or are you going to kind of get those extra days of rest? Uh, but I think it was a good move overall for Miami. They really needed a point guard. Uh, and, and uh, he's definitely a, a good one. Well, that's what good. do you guys make of the James Harden trade? Oh, Him landing in Los Angeles. Back. Uh, I mean, that was, yeah, I think that clearly has worked out. Uh, oh, you're right. Okay. So it was a long time ago, but full transparency. Yeah. <laughs> I am on 
the trade tracker. I, I didn't realize the, I was back in have, October. They have the dates. <laughs> that was back in the beginning of the year. Yeah, that was November yeah, I was like, 1st. I no James Harden got moved. All right. Yeah, November 1st. Let but... me switch it up then. If, <laughs> if I had a kid and I could give him any name, uh, Shake Milton would oh. be up there. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. For sure. That's like, a good name. Top three name options. Hmm. Shake Milton. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. Good job, kid. That's my take on the NBA trade deadline. All right. Okay. Well, yeah. the only other thing I had, and I was talking to you guys before, so I know you don't, you weren't really keeping track of it, but the West of the NBA, if anybody, if you're currently listening and you don't know, the NBA standings in the West is kind of wild. So uh, the top four seeds in the, in the Western conference are all separated by one game. Okay, so the Minnesota Timberwolves uh, are 37 and 16. The Oklahoma City Thunder are 36 and 17. The Clippers are 35 and 17. The Nuggets are 36 and 18. So there's essentially like one to two-ish games that separate them, uh, which I think is the most we've seen really at this point in the season. Like you're coming down to about, what are they at? That's 53. So they have about 29, 30 games left in the year. And to be that close where every game matters is actually pretty exciting to see because you don't normally have this in the NBA where, you know, now if people want to sit out games, it's really going to affect where are you play, like what's your seating, where are you playing? And there are big shocks here. I mean, t- nobody expected this from Minnesota. Nobody except expected this from Oklahoma city because they're so young. Now the Clippers people have been saying for years are going to be great. They get James Harden and now they look like they might be. And then obviously you have Denver who's like the Kansas city chiefs of the NBA where they, you know, are, they won the title last year. They're kind of on cruise control right now. Uh, we'll see if they can pick it, pick it up going into the the NBA Finals. But uh, any any thoughts on this wild ride or any MLB comparisons that you have to it? Any MLB comparisons? Well, I guess the, the easiest comparison would be uh, likening it to the National League wild card race at the end of last year, because I do distinctly remember. Uh, there are the three teams that get in, but I think at one point with like a week to go, there were, man, I want to say like seven teams mathematically still in it with that last week to go. Yeah. It is a tight race, uh, but I am shocked to see the Warriors as low as they are. Like, I know I haven't been following this season as closely as I have seasons in the past, but it's wild to think that Golden State, not necessarily Steph, but the organization as a whole has fallen off this far. Yeah. Yeah. And and to your point, like they've had a lot of injuries. They are actually on a a five game winning streak. So they turned it around. They were actually last time we recorded, they were outside of even the play in. They were, I think number 11 or 12 in the West. Uh, And I don't know if you saw, but clay recently said that he would be willing, which this is where I said I would trade clay, but if he's willing to do this, I wouldn't. Uh, he said he'd be willing to take less money and take on a different role with the team, which could include like not starting coming off the bench and kind of being a role player the way that like a Ray Allen was towards the end of his career career. So if he's willing to do that, I wouldn't count like maybe not this year because the trade deadlines passed and there's not really many moves you can make in Golden State. But like you have Steph, you have you have a, a clay that's willing to take a back seat and play a different role like that team could be pretty pretty good uh moving forward and again if he's willing to accept that role now and they have a guy i i haven't really followed too much of their games but if they have a guy like brandon podzimski uh he's like a rookie that's been playing really well they have gary payton uh you know that's that can kind of fill in that role that clay's filling right now and then clay can come off the bench i i don't know i'd watch out steph is one of those guys that i would not want to see in any playoff matchup uh and the really fun part is if the season were to end today, the play in the first play in game uh, would be Lakers Warriors. So you'd have LeBron and Steph playing for a chance to get into the playoffs, basically, uh, which would be pretty wild. Quite the fall off, but I would. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So nine and 10 play for that play in game. Well, yeah. So they added this thing because the NBA would become uh, essentially if you were outside of eight, you would just tank. And now there's more of an incentive to be top 10 because if you're top 10, then you get a chance to play. So like seven and eight play for the seven seed and nine and 10 play for a chance to play for the eight seed in the playoffs. 
if that makes sense. Who would they play for the eighth seed? Whoever lost the seven and eight game. So like right now, oh, the so Kings... seven and eight, the loser of seven and eight so gets a second chance, gets a second game to play for the okay. eighth seed. Yeah. So right, like right now in the West, if you're looking at, if you were to look at the standings, the Kings and Mavericks are the seven and eight yeah. seed. They would play each other. The winner would be the seven seed. The loser would play the winner of the Lakers Warriors game. And whoever won that would, uh, would be the eight seed in the playoffs. So technically you could finish at seven in the, seeding and not make the playoffs because of the way this works yeah but it's kind of like an incentive for teams to not rest because if you were locked in to your spot at like four five six towards the end of the season you would not care too much but now if again if you look at the standings like four five six seven eight all really close on both conferences right and so you have right. to be careful like you can't just rest guys anymore and so i think i really like what the nba is doing to try to stop this resting issue um and i think like you know, the the in-season tournament at the beginning of the year and those count as regular season games kind of added to it. I don't know if that's if it's perfect, but I think it could kind of add some momentum and kind of like, you know, build into not just basically improving the product of the NBA. So can I ask a different question about the NBA? Go for it. So I'm looking at the Boston Celtics right now. Yep. Something to brag about there, Peach, if you're a Celtics yeah. fan. Yeah. uh where is their consistent <laughs> yeah but where is their strength coming from because right now their last 10 games they're eight and two four game win streak 41 and 12 is their record they're the only team that has under 15 losses uh and yeah 40 under wins, yeah yeah His under 15 losses Seth over 40 Zingas. wins no that's not the reason why <laughs> yeah i know <laughs> so yeah tell me tell me like what's I'll What's driven for them? Page. Look, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum and Mike White are finally starting to figure out how to play together. I I know that they Derek have a White. solid Derek White, not Mike White. That's the <laughs> uh, previous quarterback uh, for the New York Jets. Can't believe I botched that. Actually, I can. Uh, but I know that they have a really solid uh, first six guys that are out there. I know that the six man for them is really strong and they had uh, conversations leading into the season to try to determine who that would be because the first six on that roster are just that good. Um, I, I saw some wild reporting early in the year saying that Jalen Brown could be considered to come off the bench. And I thought that was absolutely ridiculous, but um, yeah, I mean, overall great record. Uh, really good flow to the game. They're, they're playing together well. But I will say they can't necessarily get the job done on the road as easily as they get it done at home. Mm. Like that's the only thing that makes me nervous about this team is their road record and their ability to get the job done on the road. Yeah, I to add like, you know, they they did add Chris Stops, They added Drew Holiday. They have a really a really elite like top six, seven guys, if we're being honest, like six, seven, eight, uh, you know, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Chris Stops, Derek White, Drew Holiday. You have Al Horford coming off the bench. You know, you get decent minutes from like, he's Pritchard. still in the league. Yeah. He's still one of their. Yeah. I mean, yeah, when, he's Chris awesome. Stops, when Chris Stops doesn't play Al Horford plays 37. Uh, yeah. He's, yeah. he's an older guy. Um, so they have some guys, uh, but like, I think the biggest thing it, for them is like the playoff hurdle. Like they have looked elite in the regular season these past couple of years. Um, and they didn't make the finals two years ago. Um, I believe, but they can't seem to fight, like fully figure it out. There seems to be an issue. Um, and a team that's given them trouble is those pesky Miami heat. Uh, you know, even if you look at their last regular season game, which was on Sunday, uh, the Heat played that game without Jimmy Butler. The Celtics had all their guys, and they only beat the Heat by four. So it's just like that's one. It's one of those teams where it's almost like the 49ers to the Cowboys. It's one of those teams where like they just have your number, and you kind of avoid them if you can. Mm. Um, so I would just be cautious of the Celtics. Like you get that one seed, and the Heat end up at the eight. You end up in that eight one matchup. It should just be what happened last year. So just throwing it out there. But uh, yeah, I mean they look good. But again, their their success and the real issue is that their head coach, there's a lot of question marks. He's in his second year coaching. Uh, 
there's a lot of question marks of the things he does. Uh, some people don't think he really has full control over the locker room or really can get these guys to buy into what he's selling. So, you know, it seems to be working for the regular season, but I think a lot like your talent gets you far in the regular season. And then it does kind of like coaching actually matters in the postseason, And so that's where the weakness of the Celtics might get exposed a little bit, but you know, I could be wrong. We we'll see. Um, but they do look good right now. Or, uh, Robbie to, to your credit. Good, good noticing that. Cool. Yeah. All right. Last thing is college basketball because we are encroaching March and with March comes a uh, fun college basketball stuff. And we don't have a ton about college basketball. We're just going to touch on the team that can beat anybody and lose anybody. And that is the Florida Gators. And with that, I leave it off to you, Picho. Yeah. Uh, this is, uh, you can't explain this team any better than capable of beating anybody and losing to anybody. This past week, we watched them lose to Texas A&M and then go out there and beat Auburn, who at the time I think was number 12th ranked. Um, mm-hmm. So essentially, beating Auburn is their second quadrant one win of the season, which pretty much all but solidifies the fact that they will be in the tournament. Uh, now, this whole quadrant thing, I had to go look it up after I saw the stat, but the NCAA is going by a new ranking system to determine a team's overall schedule and how they performed against that schedule. Uh, beating a quadrant one team is beating another highly ranked team uh, via this system. So uh, the other team that they beat was Tennessee. Kentucky. No, Kentucky. 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 Yeah. I, I mixed those two up just because of the game they played each other recently. But yeah, so they beat Kentucky, um, but then beat Auburn this past week. I'm interested to see where they finish the year in the SEC tournament because that first round game, it, it could be over. Capable of losing to anybody. Also sure. capable of beating anybody, like we've already said. So they could run the table. Who knows what we're going to see with this team. I know that they still got Alabama left on the schedule for their senior night. I'm interested to see how they perform against that that team just as like a final tuner right before you start tournament play and really get into it. But as far as March Madness is concerned, as of right now, uh, Florida is predicted to be an eight seed in that tournament which I think is just absolutely wild considering how they started the year. But also remember, sorry, go on. Remember that eight, nine, you win that game. Your next game is against the one seed. As long as they beat the 16, it's not guaranteed these days that you beat the 16 seed. Cause we've seen it happen twice in the past, what five, six years, but yeah. Yeah. But, uh, I, astonishing to see the university of florida sitting right there at an eight seed now they don't have a listed as an automatic qualifier which means that they don't think the university of florida is going to win the sec tournament but being an eight seed at this point in the year that's an accomplishment yeah yeah to your point like a week ago a week and a half ago they were an 11 seed as one of the last four in in the play in the like prediction of Joe Lenardi or whoever does it. Um, yeah, but and so, they played themselves out of that. I think they, it's like Boise yeah. State now or something. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. Like, with beating Kentucky and beating Auburn, they showed, like, they're worth that spot. Now, to your point, you know, they only really – they have three games that they should lose, like, possibly lose, uh, left on their SEC schedule. They play – they have Bama twice, and they have South Carolina once. They play Georgia a couple uh, – one more time. They play Vanderbilt twice, and they play Missouri – None of who really looks great. Uh, and if you look at the Southeastern standings, they're like right in the middle, but could end up near that top because the SEC, the top half is really good. Um, and the rest of their schedule is pretty much against bad teams besides South Carolina and Bama. So, you know, again, just a team that could beat anybody. Just one of those teams when you're making a bracket to think about Florida Gators. They could beat anybody, but also depending on who lose they're playing, anybody. they could lose it's, to them. So, yeah. Yeah, but that's March. That's college basketball. Uh, I'm really excited for it. I really love that week. Uh, normally, it's during spring break too when they play the like all the the SEC tournament and the you know all the big tournaments happen and we find out who the automatic qualifiers are. So that'll be fun yeah. to watch. But 
Yeah. yeah. Hey, I'm keeping my eye on Arizona at this point in the year and Purdue. Uh, it looks like they're going to be on the same side of the bracket, not necessarily a one and a two seed, just two one seeds that I'm keeping my eye on. If yeah. I had to bet money right now on a one seed making it, I wouldn't even go Yukon or Houston at this point. I, I would have to say it's the other side of the bracket. It's Purdue or Arizona. I think those yeah. are the of the two uh, or of the four one seeds, technically the two strongest ones have to be them just because of the offensive efficiency that they've been playing with recently and produce uh, ability to just incessantly pound teams, even when they're ahead, like they're not taking their foot off the gas pedal at any point during these games that I've watched. Yeah. If you guys were looking at the six to eight team bracket right now, as like, as if it were today, this is it. I want to know what the lowest seed team is that you find the most dangerous. Oh boy. Uh, man, I have to find the bracket. Hang on. That I find the most dangerous and by most dangerous, let me put a qualifier on this. You mean capable of winning, capable of going the distance. I don't. Yeah. Winning it all or going to the elite eight. Well, we're not sitting here thinking South Dakota state is going to win the whole thing, but Hey, now, (laughs) (laughs) um look i think i think and this is florida bias uh i think florida now they would right now it shows they would play purdue in the second round and i don't necessarily love that matchup um i think florida i think fau who currently looks like they'd be a six seed could be like a scare that's a six seed you don't want on your side of the bracket uh and then I know we laugh at this team um, because of what happened a couple of years ago, but like Virginia plays really good defense yeah. and, and an to, as an eight seed playing really good defense and then having to play UConn, like they're just a team. Again, you don't want to beat, you don't want to play now the flip side of it, Virginia normally, and I don't know much about them this year is not a very good offensive team. So they're great defensively, but they can't score to save their life. So they normally end up in these really close battles. And that's also how they get upset by a 16 seed is because they're a defensive team where a team got hot and they couldn't stop them. And then they couldn't go down and score themselves. So I think those three are probably like my biggest to keep an eye on that are like six and below. Um, I don't really see personally any other six seeds that i'm looking at and i'm like i mean besides kentucky i guess yeah i was gonna say kentucky's, like, a, kentucky's a six seed and they're always you know. i gotta see how they do in the sec tournament though but nick i'm right there with you with eight seed yeah. virginia i mean i don't want to put it past them that they're not capable of beating yukon because that does sound like a winnable game for them because yeah. so far this season they only have three losses on their record it's just to wisconsin that's an awful loss to memphis which uh, Memphis is ranked now. I don't know if they were necessarily ranked when they played them. Uh, well, actually, they have more than three. It just yeah. the record that I'm looking at hadn't updated yet. NC State, bad loss. Wake Forest, bad loss. These are ACC games that they are losing, like inside the conference teams that you've played year in and year out that you've never missed a game against, that you should yeah. know how they play, and they can't score. Yeah, they put up yeah, forty-seven I mean, the, against Wake Forest, who's going to get kicked out of the tournament because they haven't had a good year. Yeah, that's the that's the flip side of Virginia. Like Virginia plays good defense, but like you look at a game they played Miami, they they won sixty to thirty-eight. Like they only gave up thirty-eight points in two in forty minutes of basketball. Like they're it's just they're a team that like I feel like could stop almost anybody. But also, again, like we said, they could also they're almost like Florida on the other end. Florida is is pretty good offensively, not the great defensive team. So they could beat anybody, but also lose to anybody. Virginia is like the complete opposite. They play great defense, not great offense. So they could beat anybody if they're having a great defensive night, but they could lose anybody if they're not scoring. So I do think, though, Virginia just, hey, if they get in the tournament, watch out. But whether or not they make the tournament will be interesting to watch. Wake Forest, a team they lost to last time. Virginia Tech, a rivalry game, good luck. North Carolina, highly ranked. Boston College, should be winnable. Duke, good luck. Georgia Tech, (laughs) should be winnable. Like, uh, of the remaining, what, six games on their schedule, I'm easily saying they should win at least two of these. The rest are a question mark. Yeah. You can't lose your last four before the ACC tournament and then get bounced in the first round. 
no i agree i agree i don't know if we're looking like super low seeds too only because i know a little bit grand canyon uh who's predicting that's what i was gonna ask is are there any 10 or lower seeds I mean, it's a lot of the same that we're used to seeing. Grand Canyon, I think, could be good. Quinnipiac, who I watched play Florida pretty close for a half. Like, I mean, they play Marquette. Yeah. I don't know. It'd and that's part of the, that's the challenge, too, is because, like, I recognize that anybody's got a shot. That's the cool thing about this tournament. But you find yeah. yourself in certain situations where, you know, you could be the eight seed Florida win your first game, but then you're you're going up against Purdue. Um, and if you're one of those 15 seeds, it's like you've got to get past the two seed first, and then you're playing likely the seven seed. And it's just – it's a it's a gauntlet, it, it feels yeah, like, for some teams. different, yeah. 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 But, hey, honestly, 10 to lower if the bracket holds right now as it is, give me Indiana State. Oklahoma, mm-hmm. I don't think, is a true six seed. Then you're playing Auburn and Vermont. Auburn has shown weakness before, a.k.a. losing to Florida. I'm not saying <laughs> Vermont's winning that game, but Indiana State, if you can roll past Oklahoma, I think that's the more difficult game of the two. And then it's Texas Tech or North Carolina, two teams that, again, have shown weakness before this year. Yeah. So the the one team I like uh, in both questions that I asked is Northwestern. They're nine seed. First game is scheduled. Is- expected to be against St. Mary's if it is today. And then they'd likely go up against Houston, but we've seen Houston make it far. But like the thing that stands out to me about Northwestern is that they're in a really good conference and they played Purdue not too long ago. And at Purdue, they only, they, they lost, they lost by nine, but it was a one Oh five to 96 and I game. think it was a double or triple overtime game too. So that tells me that they can hang. Um, yeah. You know, I it it doesn't exactly tell me the same thing when they beat Penn State sixty eight to sixty three, but also they've got a guy named Boo Booey. So Boo Booey. All right, cool. Yeah. That's well, guy. Northwestern. I like it. I like it. Well, we'll we'll keep more of an eye on it moving forward. Uh, It'll be real fun to have the bracket and and keep an eye out for our uh, our bracket so you can join, make your own, compete with us, and see if you know more about college basketball, which you probably do because college <laughs> basketball is crazy. So yeah, just throwing it out there. Willing to bet it. Willing to bet it. But with that, I think that brings us to the end of the episode. Go ahead and say bye, guys. Bye. See ya. See ya.